business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM, and we are live on Radio 10 Minutes Past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a very, very interesting week around the world. Lots of things happening, lots of things happening on the business front. This is always a busy time in South Africa. As we start to wind down towards the end of the year, what I'm learning now living out of South Africa is that South Africa has this phenomena called the December holidays, where things actually just go to sleep. Between the 25th of December and about the 1st of January, you'd be lucky if you could buy a cold drink somewhere where the shop didn't have to be open. Um, I'm being a bit facetious, but it's really a, a phenomenon that is maybe unique to South Africa, that we have this amazing holiday time. Um, yes, you can say that America and Europe have summer, but things don't really shut down. They might slow down. Families might go away, but work continues. So it's an interesting phenomenon. And yes, everybody's tired. It's been a long year. It's been a year of in and out of offices. It's been a year of lockdown and no lockdown. The bottom line is it's stressful. We've got power stations blowing up. We had unrest. We've had elections that haven't really, you know, yielded clear results. You know, one thing about the previous years, at least you had an answer. We don't really have an answer now. But I see smiling at me, Tato Kado, who's obviously agreeing with most of what I'm saying. Tato Kobe is an economist and a fixed income expert analysis at Matrix Fund Managers. Tato, welcome to Chai FM. Um, good day, Ivy. Um, it's great to be here and good day to all your listeners. Fantastic. Thank you. Do you have plans for December? You're going away? Um, I currently live in Cape Town, so, but the rest of my family is, is up north in Pretoria, so I'm probably going to drive there and stay with them for a couple of weeks. So that's, that's pretty much most of my holiday plans. Do you know what like, the expression driving against the traffic is all about? So you're going to be driving and there's just going to be cars coming towards you. Non People thinking, where is this idiot going from Cape Town? To <laughs> Turn around, come back the other way. But anyway, Tato, let's get to things serious. Um, what yeah. we were going to, what we are going to speak about, is that the 26th session of the Conference of Parties known as the COP of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Con- change, known as UNFCCC, um, referred to as the COP26. This took place in Glasgow from the 31st of October to the 12th of November. So it's basically been wrapped up. We are part of South Africa. We are parties to that convention. The question is that, you know, let's really look at what the conventions are all about, what it tries to achieve for the world as a whole. And then let's drill down to South Africa without being too cynical, because at the end of the day, sometimes as a South African, you tend to think government can't put one foot in front of the other without tripping on their own shoelaces. But at the end of the day, we are there. We need electricity. We need power. We are a world player. And South Africa has shown over and over again that they want to be part of the bigger picture and that they can punch above their weight. But take us back to the beginning. How important is... COP26. Um, um, thanks for the question. Uh, um, it's quite an important um, and symbolic symbolic conference where all world, pretty much most of the important world leaders 
um, gather for two weeks together with ministers, um, together with um, police climate change activists. So the who's who in the world come together for a couple of weeks and they have meetings around how we can address this 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 issue of of, of climate change, which is quite an and an, an pretty much an urgent issue we need to address. I think just following the 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 the, the COVID pandemic is the next big challenge the world has to has to contend with. So, I think in that sense, um, a, 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 an event like COP twenty six is 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 quite important in that regards. It, it allows it allows Greater collaboration across uh, across continents for developing nations and developed nations to come together to find meaningful solutions. So I think I think I think with the climate change, uh, what, what science tells us is that if we we, we need to uh, find urgent solutions, urgent solutions must be now, must be imminent, and then we we must collaborate together if we if we want to see a, a global future where. Where it's much better for, 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 for the coming generation. You know, Tato, what, what's interesting is that they've been talking about this thing for years and years and years, and they're yeah. going to be talking about it for years and years to come. Just as a side, I was just thinking now that, that, you know, that theory, economic theory about, you know, the frog in the pot, that if you put frog in the pot and you put the pot on the stove and you start to boil it, the frog doesn't realize it's actually being cooked alive and it doesn't jump out the water. Whereas if you put a boiling pot of water and you throw a frog in, as cruel as it is, the frog jumps out immediately because it realizes it's incorrect. And maybe that's something that we can take away from COVID. The water was boiling and we got thrown into it. And we came up with solutions in two years. The world changed, the world developed, the world moved. The way we're doing this show now, we wouldn't have dreamt of doing it 26 months ago. Was it, I would be sitting, you would be coming to our office, you'd be messaging me, I'm late, I'm stuck in traffic, and I would be thinking, well, why didn't you leave earlier? Why didn't you use Waze, etc., etc.? Now it's happening. The same thing with climate change is that I don't know if your child's not going to be interviewing my child about the same topic in 25 years' time. What's your feeling on that? I, I think that's, 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 I think... There's a there's a good contrast we 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 can take from the two different pandemics. Right, with COVID, everything things needed to happen immediately. Um, finances need to be found, like solutions needed to come immediately because people were dying in the immediate. But with, unfortunately, because of climate change, such a slow moving, um, developing pandemic, we see that um, policy actions. Reflect that they're a bit slower. Um, some countries are more reluctant to, to source the necessary funding, especially developed nations. Uh, some countries have made pledges, but they have not been forthcoming with honoring those pledges. So I think it reflects, I guess, some, a bit of short-sightedness where I guess some world leaders will be deflecting it like to, to the next leader who comes in the next five years and stuff like that. So I think in that sense, I guess, or I think, but I think, there's also a bit of gray sometimes I'd like to extend, especially for developing nations where um, there's other priorities, like for South Africa, like the, even if climate change is also an immediate priority. But if you look at like we have priorities of energy security, we have priorities of of growing in the economy. So I think when you're in the, I'm 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 I'm, I'm thinking if you're in a room and and and. At, in, in parliament or a, 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 anywhere else as a leader, you, you have those priorities you need to balance out. Where should we build a, 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 a school 
that we can build quickly or should we also consider um, um, the climate change impact? So like those are the pros and cons I think um, world dealers need to contend with. So I think uh, one, the urgent issue needs to be addressed, but also like the, the priorities of developing countries need to also put into context of those issues. So we need to take a quick break, but when we come back, let's continue discussing that order of priority, the, the Maslow hierarchy of need, so to speak, for South Africa in specific. Um, let's take a quick break. We will come back to you shortly afterwards. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. Before we go back to our guest, Tato Kola from Matrix, let's come back uh, talking about climate change and more specifically in South Africa. Now, Tato, one of the two, one of the, the figures you put out was quite interesting that the climate change from 2011 to 2010 was 1.09 degrees higher than the during the, during the period 1850 to 1900. To the average person, that is irrelevant. It's, in fact, less than irrelevant because it's so small and it's so minuscule. You need to understand the context to magnify that and to see that the knock-on effect that it has. Whereas, as we were talking before with COVID, the bottom line is everybody knew of somebody who knew somebody in the first wave who died. In the second wave, we all knew somebody. By the time the third wave came, everybody was worried about themselves. That's how personal it became. And when we look at climate change in South Africa, you've got a stature that by 2020, 90.4% of all electricity generated in South Africa comes from fossil fuels, comes from coal-powered fire stations, and 6.2 comes from nuclear, which we know is going to reduce as time goes by. That makes our wonderful ESCOM, the 40, emits 44% of our carbon emissions in the country, and it makes them the 12th largest in the world. It's nice to see South Africa high up there in the world rankings, where we don't get to usually, but it's a negative connotation. Talk us through the fact as to where we stand now and in our context, looking internally, subjectively, how is Africa going to deal, deal with climate change? I mean, I think, um, I think you, 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 you painted a, a, a nice, a nice background uh, around the topic. I think the emphasis of some of the remarks is going to show that it's, it's that the world is hotter than it was years ago. So I think. The, the, the implication of that, the, as global temperatures continue to increase, um, countries, especially developed countries, are most, are most vulnerable to the impact of, of, of global warming. So that is, um, we're likely to have experienced longer periods of doubt, droughts and more frequent flooding. So that has its own implications on food security and then implications of, on, on infrastructure and, and, and the likes of that. So, Hence, climate change the, or the effects of climate change has a, has a, has a significant bearing for, for, for all of us. Uh, in terms of South Africa, and I mean, linking it back to, to, I guess, some of the objectives of, objectives and outcomes of COP26 was that we need to develop a strategy as part of the global economy and how we're going to address and mitigate um, um, challenges relating to, 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 to climate change. So, I think one of the landmark uh, outcomes from COP26 was was South Africa um, in, in, in collaboration with um, a couple of developed countries, including France, the US, the European Union, um, Germany, and the UK, was able to secure some funding, um, some green finance funding that will um, 
actually help transition the country away from 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 fossil fuels. Like you've like you've already alluded, we most of our electricity comes from 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 fossil fuel. I think outside of outside of SA, I think the country which is high, the highest reliance is probably the, the the Saudi region. So I think we we. we our, 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 our energy mix and, and economies is heavily, um, cover intensive and, and, and linked to, 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 to fuel fossil fuel emissions. So I think that's a challenge, but in a sense, an opportunity. It's an opportunity to start using some of these funding and attracting these fundies and, and funding and plowing it back and, 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 and really, um, getting a go at, at transitioning to, towards a low carbon economy. You know, Tato, what, what I find interesting is that you said yeah, that um, President Ramaphosa in the first three days was able to secure 8.5 billion US dollars, which is roughly 131 billion rand, in order to do this. We've just spent, I don't know, five years, ten years, building Madupi and then all the bits and pieces that go with it, only for it to really, you know, go out with a bang as a sort of commission that it'll come right. And again, I must say, you know, I was involved a little bit on the finance side of it, and that was not a backyard job. There were world-class players that that were contracted to do that work, and and yet it just it hasn't really worked. So my question is like this: We're now going to transition away from fossil fuels to alternative fuels. When that which we've been doing for all these years. We allowed to decay. We allowed to get to a point where it put us in a crisis situation. We've commissioned new power stations. They're way over budget and they're way over time. Are we able to really use the one, the 13 point, um, 131 billion rand effectively? In a mix of different power and energy needs going forward. Uh, yeah, I think that's 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 a great question. I think I think that then I think. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry to that. I think then we should definitely use some of those lessons from these mega projects from Midupe and Kusile and make sure that we don't repeat the same pro- mistakes in terms of project management, in terms of cost overruns. But I think, I think what's important with, with, uh, as we transition to away from coal is that coal will still, at least in the immediately, it will still probably be part of like South Africa's energy mix. I think the idea now is that we should move away from having this heavy reliance of coal, but then putting more in terms of securing new energy solutions, we should start looking at other alternatives. And then what we've what we've seen recently with the announcement of the bid bid window five um, within the the, the the energy ministry is that um, securing renewable energy sources is becoming much cheaper and cheaper. So I think that then um, drives home that we can definitely fast track this, this, these objectives of, 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 of expanding our energy security and really putting the necessary investment in, 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 in renewable energy sources so that in the next two or three years, these, some of these, um, these um, solar powered stations and wind energy um, sources can, can come into the energy mix and into the grid. And, 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 and then move away from always having issues with, with some of these unreliable coal stations ESCOM currently, currently has because of various issues in the maintenance age. So then as those get decommissioned, we're hoping that by that time, um, some of these renewable energy projects are, are alive and can really supplement and, and, and ensure the energy security of the country going forward.
Now, Tato, maybe a little bit off topic, but related to this, one of the downsides of, of technology and moving away, for example, from coal powered to solar or wind is that they're very low running cost in, um, institutions. They're very expensive to set up, but they basically run themselves once they're running. The beauty about cost from an economic, from, sorry, from coal, from an economic point of view is that it creates umpteen jobs. There are so many job opportunities from the mining itself to the, within the mining, the ability for people to start at the bottom, be educated, gain skill, climb the land and become more economically involved because they're earning more, educate their children better. Then you've got the transport and you've got everything that goes together with that. You know, if you had to replay this app with the wind farm, yes, you employ a lot of people to build yeah. the wind farm, but then you just hope to, that God does his bits and blows because that's all that really needs to happen. Yeah. The Fala Mountains of Africa is we have the highest youth unemployment in the world. We have people who are desperate for jobs. How does a trade-off work between moving with technology and at the same time maybe foregoing tens of thousands of jobs in the pursuit of clean energy? I think you make a good point, and that's something that's been uh, been raised uh, in in many quarters uh, when we when we when we discussing this issue around transition transitioning away from from fossil fuels around like the mining communities and then the mining industry, especially within the coal mining, how will be how will they be affected? And I think, and I think it, it is a, a genuine question. And I think with that, we need to outweigh the, the the pros and cons. I think. When we transition, I think also we need to also not look at in terms of just within the electricity generation sector, but there's other opportunities within the green economy. I think that that, that when once when we're moving away from um from 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 say like coal power stations, there's also opportunity within the electrical vehicle sector where new um, power plants like um recently there was an announcement that were about like 2.7 billion um a hybrid electric vehicle plant being opened in Devon. So that's where I think um reskilling of some of the 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 the, the employees more or people most risk at losing their jobs within the coal mining can be reskilled and repurposed to take advantage of some of these opportunities. I think if we if we improve some of our industrial policies um sufficiently we able the country can be in a good position to be able to attract some of these investment opportunities to, to, so that some of the people who might be vulnerable and losing jobs can be reskilled and then they, they can take advantage of some of these opportunities. I think that's, that, that's, I think that that's for me the one way of looking at it. But then I think that the alternative is that if we don't transition, um, um, quickly enough and, uh, towards, um, mitigating climate change, we, at the end of the day, in the long run, we become net losers. Yes, which means that ultimately the the gains on are really not um, offset, or the the losses are not offset by the gains. Or on the positive side, the gains are not great enough to offset the loss that that we're getting from there. Tato, unfortunately, we're running out of time, and I just want to ask you, especially this time of the year, the fact that you live in Cape Town, you're coming up to Joburg, just give us a reading from an economist's point of view, post election. Where do we stand? Are we looking down the tunnel with no light at the end? 
Or is the average South African going to come through like they have for the last decade after decade after decade, where despite government failure, and there's been plenty of that, they come together, they make things happen. The rollout now, for example, of the, 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 the vaccine, I must say I'm a very proud member to be, very proud to be a member of the Discovery Stable because they just put their hand up, put their hands in their pockets and made things happen together with NGOs. If I take the Jewish community um, around the area where the radio station's head offices are in the, in the Bayakar building, they just did everything they could do for the community without question. What's the mood? How are you reading things for the next three, four months? I think, I think, yeah, that's a difficult one. I think, I think, yeah, we've come from a very challenging um, um, economic climate, both globally and within the country. Many, 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 many challenges we've we, we, we went through. But I think if you look at the the, the economic numbers, especially especially from like um, last week's medium term budget policy statement delivered by Minister Inogodongwana. There, there, there is definitely the, the economy is in a much better position than it was. Um, certainly, what we expected in terms of the recovery trajectory is in a far, far better place. I think there are. I think for me, uh, I, I, when I look at back, back of the year, there's, there's definitely um, progress in terms of government actually implementing some of the, the necessary reforms. To really um, get get the growth trajectory improving, um, when I look at the election outcomes, I think our democracy is, is certainly uh, maturing, and I think I think I think as 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 political leaders have learned from the previous coalition lessons and failures, we hope that some of the the, the coalition agreements they put in place can better better benefit the people they are meant to serve. So I think um, there are definitely areas where, where we can be optimistic and then there are places where we definitely need, still need to improve on. But I think on a scale, I think we are coming out of this, this COVID pandemic slightly with a better, better positive lens for the future. Fantastic. Tato, we're out of time, but thank you so much for your time and thank you for your insights and thank you for that little bit at the end. I think that sort of puts everything in perspective. Yeah. Well, if I don't speak to you, just travel safe. Have a great holiday. Thanks uh, to you and Matrix for being there for High FM, and uh, we'll speak to you in the future. Thank you, Amy. Um, like, uh, it was lovely being here. Cheers. Thank you. That was Tato Collar, who is economist and fixed income analyst at Matrix Fund Managers.